Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A very good friend of On Boys is back, Birds and Bees and Kids, Amy Lang. If you have a neurodivergent child, be sure to tune in. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. Thanks for being our listeners. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. We are super excited to have Amy Lang returning once again to talk about birds and bees and kids, but also she's been doing some super interesting training and I wanted her to come on today to talk to you and share with us, I haven't even heard this information, share with us all the new things applied with all the old things you know, super cool. Amy Lang, Birds and Bees and Kids, thanks for being here. Thank you for always having me and trusting me with your people. You know, I love talking to you. And, you know, Janet and I are good friends. So I'll tell my new story. So I started getting in the last, like, probably year and a half, but it it really kind of struck me maybe like nine months ago that all of a sudden, every time I did a quickie half hour consultation, like I would say three quarters of the time, the kid was neurodiverse in some way, ADHD, autism, combo pack, and any number of things. And it was consistent. And I, I suddenly thought, oh, I bet there's nobody helping these parents. Yes. And, you know, boys tend to be more obvious about these kinds of things than girls are. And so I just, you know, as the universe would have it, I plop into my lap a course on neurodiversity and sexuality, which I took this summer. And Milo, it could not be more neurotypical. How old is Milo now? He's 23. 23. I know. He's a grown up. He's lovely. He's lovely. Um, so I don't have personal experience with this. And, and so part of me kind of, whenever I, um, like I have some, always have some judgment around people who didn't like you didn't parent boys. Right. So I'm like, how could you possibly know? But of course you can know. Right. And of course I can know and learn. And so I've been doing, having more interaction with folks I'm creating curriculum, um, specifically for parents of neurodiverse kids, because, Near as I can tell, there ain't much out there. There's a lot of um, misinformation. And so it's been really, really interesting for me to learn. And I'm so excited to help parents. I just had two quickies back to back with um, moms whose whose girls have one had autism and one is um, ADHD and one, one was combo and one was just ADHD. And it's hard. It's so hard. Hey, tell our listeners what a quickie is, Amy. Oh, it is not sexual. I mean, it is sexual. Um, it's a half an hour consultation with me because it's quick. Ah, half an hour. Okay. 
They're awesome. kind of miraculous. Like so much happens in a half an hour. So anyway, so long story short, I have this new passion for this. And I really feel for these for parents who are parenting neurodiverse kids and then trying, they have to wedge in like everybody else to sex talks. And mm-hmm. it's just more, right? But as we know, fundamental human right to have this information. It's so important to their health and safety. So that's kind of how I ended up here. So dive in. I'm so curious how this all dovetails together because we've talked with, we've had um, guests on that work with ADHD, Ryan Wexelblatt. We've had Debbie Reber, Tilt Parenting. So people are working in this field and helping parents understand the neurodiversity, but oh my gosh, what do you do when your kid hits puberty and you're going ADHD, autism, ah, yeah. help us, Amy. Yes. So let me just say some stuff about um, like some of the myths that are out there that I think kind of people need to understand and then stop believing. So one of the big ones is that, so, okay. So first of all, I am speaking in broad strokes here. Mm-hmm. So everybody's on a, you know, on a spectrum, on scale. So I'm speaking in broad, broad strokes. I want to be really clear about that. But generally speaking, um, people tend to think that folks who are neurodiverse aren't sexual. So they're either asexual or they're hypersexual. And there's no like normalcy, right? It's either one thing or the other. You know, all parents want to think that their kids are asexual. Um, <laughs> not all of them. That's but a whole other podcasting. The podcast, right? Um, but so there's this myth that they don't they don't need this information that it's not going to be relevant to them that they won't know what to do with it. And so that's a total myth. Everybody has some relationship with sexuality. Everybody, you know, even if they are asexual, they still are having a relationship with sexuality. Plus they're in the world, right? Um, And so then also relationships, right? They need to know how to be in a healthy, consenting, fun, loving relationship. And like I said, it is a fundamental human right to have this information. So that's one myth. Another myth is that because they're innocent, they're not going to be getting in any kind of trouble. Um, And so they don't need this information because they're innocent and they're not interested. So it's kind of in the same vein. But then what happens with that sort of perspective is that they are they're 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 at high risk for sexual abuse. They're also, depending on where they are in the world, at high risk for sexually offending, not knowing, mm-hmm. not understanding that saying that thing, doing that thing is not okay, right? And so it's this two-sided thing where they're very vulnerable. And we know that knowledge is empowering, no matter what's going on with you. And then they're vulnerable in terms of not understanding like social norms or that sort of thing. So this is another place that we need to really like show up for them. So those are kind of the two biggies. And, you know, I get it. Like you have so much going on with a kiddo that's developmentally, you know, they're neurodiverse and whatever the hell else is going on. And then I'm here saying you got to talk to them about sex. So, you know, I always come back to health and safety. Always, always, always. This is a this is health and safety, straight up, nothing else. And it's social and emotional and physical, like it's complicated, but it doesn't have to be so complicated. And you know, it is so important that they have this information because it's it's life, right? This is a huge part of life. And even if they're 
in a space where it's kind of a spectator sport for them. Like this mom I just talked to, she just had somebody say to her, her kid has sensory issues and that she works with someone who helps her with that. And the person um, said to um, this kid's mom, you don't have to worry about her and sex. She's totally grossed out by it. So she won't be having sex. And no. And I said, okay, yes, she's grossed out by it. And okay, yeah, that's a thing. A, that does not mean. And then B, uh, she's at high risk for, she's 14, abuse, being taken advantage of, like all this stuff, right? So um, even though they might not be interested, they need to have the information. So, And we know how many kids, when you're starting the talks, that they don't want to hear it. And they're quote unquote, not interested. Well, guess what? You get to have the talks anyway. And so I know, Amy, you are always talking about you have to start early, earlier than you think you have to start. Does that still apply? Yeah, it does. And one thing um, about neurodiverse kids that I've, I understand, and again, not everyone, um, is that they tend to be a little socially immature compared to their peers. So you might have a 14-year-old that really kind of socially, emotionally functions on more like a 10 or 11-year-old level. And so, but they're in a 14-year-old body yeah. and they're surrounded by other 14-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So you've got these developmentally typical, socially, emotionally 14-year-olds doing their business, Right. And then here's your kid who's like, I don't get what's happening here. Oh, I'm feeling sexual feelings. I don't understand this. Where do I fit here? And don't have the um, necessarily the ability to kind of suss out what's happening. Now, granted, typical 14 year olds don't necessarily either, but the kid, you know, in this position, they absolutely still need to have the same information. And so what can happen and what is recommended is that with kids that have ADHD, for example, or just even autism, small bites, like I always say small bites, but we're talking small bites and we're talking a lot of repeating. So for example, you know, you want to talk to them. You don't want to talk down to them, but this more simple it is, the the better they're going to be able to understand it. So just as an example, we all know Amy hates the word inappropriate right? Because it's too long. It's gobbledygook for everyone. And I prefer to say it's not okay. Clear, simple, right? Inappropriate. How many syllables? So same thing when it comes to sexual stuff like consent. Consent means agree, right? Mm -hmm. Agree. And so for me as a grown ass person, when I hear consent, all this consent talk, I have to think a minute. Yes. And I got it all going on. Well, no, I don't have it all going on, but like, I I have to think. And if I, the sex educator, I have to think about what that means. That's not going to work. Yeah. It's a, it's a vague concept and everybody kind of has their different meaning that they apply to it also. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about agreeing to sexual stuff, agreeing to do things, you can say consent. You have to say consent as well, because that's the buzzword. So just those little things. So I'm kind of all over the map here, but yes, you need to start sooner rather than later, you know, early, early, repeat, repeat, repeat. Maybe you're going to use the book. uh, It's so amazing with your 14 year old, because it's more it's more, it's simpler and it's maybe more approachable as as opposed to it's perfectly normal, which is, you know, sort of the next level up that has every single flipping, flipping thing in it. Um, so maybe that's where you go. Um, 
And definitely, if you feel like you're behind the game here with all this, absolutely puberty, especially, I mean, absolutely get on the puberty train as soon as you can, because the body gets baffling and you can use that as an entry point to talk about just general sexuality. And then I would also say in particular, you know, with boys in particular, because of you know, the way our culture is really having those conversations about consent and getting that in their little sweet little brains as much, as best you can. Um, so Tom and Ellie series of, depending on your kiddos, um, you know, where they are cognitively or developmentally. And oh, by the way, if I'm saying all the wrong words, sorry, learning. So the Tom and Ellie series is really good. A really good book series of books, which we'll put them in the show notes. Um, and they have books about social stuff and that kind of thing related to bodies and sexuality. So, so there are good options now in terms of books and that kind of thing, but you're going to be a little bit behind, but at the same time, if you've got your 12 year old who's having random acts of senseless boners and has sensory stuff going on and can't keep his hand out of his pants because hello, I mean, yeah. I, I had that going on and I knew it felt better to hang on. Um, so again, with that kind of thing, helping them to understand their different ways to manage themselves and understand what's happening again as best they can. So, you know, I get a little out of my depth with the, like, how do you get a kid to basically lovingly knock that off? Um, but there's, you know, that's, that's nothing new, right? That's not new info, but just like thinking about like being in this body that's doing this, having these drives and what do you do with it? Lots of food for thought here. Stay tuned. There's more after these messages from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete, it seems, how little we know and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. 
And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash onboys. Winona, menopause care made easy. We've had the talk conversation so many times over the years. You've been a guest many times. And as you said, we're colleagues and friends and it always comes up in conversation. Again, reassuring our listeners that it's awkward. It's embarrassing. It's all the things and tough. Do it anyway, because you are, and I think even more so for neurodiverse kids, you are their gatekeeper. You are the one that keeps them safe. And so 2002 minute conversations, maybe now it has to be 4,001 minute conversations. I'm not sure, but we kind of go all crazy when puberty's at our doorstep, but we need to be back at five, six, seven and talking about body parts and all the things. And I think you were, you're spot on about the repetition. And I think parents of neurodiverse kids know that they're going to be repeating pretty much everything a lot. Add this to the, add this to the list and it's hard. And so I, I know you're going to be doing some, some teaching around this and workshops. And I really encourage any parent who has a neurodiverse kid is confronting sexuality, puberty to reach out, reach out to you, but also get with the other people in your community who also have neurodiverse kids. And this is like general parenting, find the parent who has a kid that's a little older than yours, because they're going to be a great guide for you, but even more so neurodiverse kids. Yeah. And yeah, thank you. Yes. What you said, all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And, you know, when you said find another parent that's got an older kid, chances are really good. They didn't do this. Yeah, that's true. Really good. good. So I would say, 
and, and yes, please reach out to me, but I would say um, maybe finding some parenting pals that you want to do this together and support each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you can talk about what worked, what didn't work. Um, I mean, this, I, you know, this stuff can be really funny. So don't forget that part of it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, thank you for saying all that. Cause you know, again, like I hate to pile on, but you know, J- uh, Jody McVitie, famous positive discipline parent educator says you can do the hard work of parenting and have a uh, outcome and you can do the hard work of parenting and have a good outcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's all work. It's all work. The other thing too is about how your kids learn. Um, you know, yay, modern times are excellent videos out there for kids um, that they can watch amaze.org, really good books that are um, comic book style that are really great. And we'll have all those in the show notes. So there's lots of ways to learn now that makes things easier, but nothing takes the place of having conversations. Nothing. Nothing takes place. Um, So one thing that's really interesting about neurodiverse folks is that they tend to be more diverse and more open and accepting in terms of gender and sexual orientations. And so we see um, kind of as a whole, um, in particular with autistic folks, um, they tend to be more likely to be transgender, non-binary, queer in some way, like significantly more than the general population. And so this is something that you definitely need to be ready for uh, and open to and accepting of and just understand that this is, I, I don't, I haven't read any, I haven't found any research on it and I'm sure it's there, but my guess is because their brains work in a different way and the way they are in our world and their social stuff and cultural stuff that they just are who they are. So yeah, I like guys, yeah, I like girls. Yeah. I don't like anybody. I'm asexual. They tend to be, I think a little more higher level of asexuality, which means you don't have any interest in sex per se. Some people, anyway, I won't go down that pathway. That's time. That's another conversation. Because, you know, you know how this is. So understanding that, that it's just they're wired differently and in many different ways, including how they perceive their gender and and sexuality. So I'm just I'm just don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Those of you with neurodiverse kids, you know what I'm talking about. Right. You know what I'm talking about. So really common, really, really common. And uh, and if you don't understand what's happening Um, there's lots of help and support for you as an adult and a parent, but the most important thing for your child is that you are right there for them. You can say, I don't get this. Like, how can you not have a gender? Like I, Amy don't get how you cannot have a gender. I don't understand how you can be attracted to both, you know, both guys and gals, like any of that, you say that. And then you say, I'm love you. I'm here for you. Tell me what you need. And, and then wait and be supportive because they need you on so many levels. I'm like, I love what you said that they, you are their, you are their anchor. You are their first and most important person in all things. And, you know, I, and we know just statistically that kids who are um, queer in some way, um, LGBTQ in some way have a a four times higher suicide rate Mm -hmm. than the general population and parenting parents are the reason like full parental support on par. Oh, listeners, take a deep breath. I'm taking a breath. Amy's taking a breath. I'm taking a breath. It's a lot of things to think about on top of everything else. Yeah. Everything else. You're trying yeah. to get them to do their homework and get them out of bed and to school on time. 
and all those things. So I do encourage you to give yourself some grace, give yourself some time, but not too much time because you don't have time. Yeah. If you haven't started these conversations at any age, it starts now. Like you can't wait. Oh, I'll wait till after Christmas. I'll wait till they turn 13. I'll wait till she starts her period. Guess what? You can't wait. Yeah. Nope. No waiting. No waiting. And even if that first, you know, if you, you're having multiple short and sweet conversations and more than typical, um, but that first conversation can just be, hey, you know what? You're old enough now. We need to start talking about this. It's a really important part of life. You might feel uncomfortable. I might feel uncomfortable, but here we go. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then you might have to say, hey, remember, we're going to start talking about this stuff. I'm going to get you some books. And then here are the books. And then you need to be really careful about overwhelming them, right? You need to be careful about timing. You need to be really kind of hang in there with them when they're pushing back and just, you know, some kids just freak out. They can't tolerate this and for any number of reasons. And so you need to figure out how are you going to, how are you going to work this in? How can you make the, help them to feel safe? You know, all the usual tricks in my, in my book. Um, but one thing I'm glad you said the holidays uh, and talking one thing that is a huge problem with every child these days is porn exposure. And so well, for, I knew we were going to get to that, Amy. I can't talk about anything without talking about porn. Ugh. I get tired of it. Um, but but it, with these with these kids, uh, the concern is they tend to rabbit hole, right? They'll get obsessed with something and want to want to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. It could be any number of things. And as you can imagine, uh, porn is a good yeah. one, is a real good one. So many levels of so many things going on um, physically and then emotionally, mentally, like the whole thing. So it is very easy or much easier for kids who have ADHD or autism or something else to get hooked in mm. and can't get unhooked yeah. and can't get unhooked. So I'm going to throw some stats at y'all because maybe you'll believe me. So we're talking about boys, boys who seek out porn are six times more likely to be sexually aggressive. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Another fun stat is that adults, they underestimate like what the content is by 10 times. So we think, oh, we're going to see somebody having like, here comes the plumber. No, it is not. Here comes the plumber. It's 10 times worse than here comes the plumber. It, oh my God, am I so funny? Did you hear what I said there? Sorry, here comes the plumber. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah. It's 10 times worse than what we think. And if you don't believe me, uh, just put the word porn into your browser and then go look at Pornhub. And honestly, I would like you to do that and yeah. be ready. No one in the room, clear the browser history um, and pretend you're nine. Oh God, hate me. And pretend you're nine. And if that doesn't make you listen to me and use monitoring and filtering, and again, with a neurodiverse child, you have to be on it times 50. And I just had a one of these parents I just talked to, I said, you know, some of her behavior, I'm wondering if she's been porn exposed. And she said, oh, no. Oh, no, no. She's 14. No. Everybody, 90% of boys and 80% of girls are, are porn exposed by 14. Oh, no. And I said, really? Is she on social media? Yeah. And I said, well, 
And you just got to assume, right? And so just, you know, again, you don't want your child getting involved in this because the chance is high, higher that they're going to just go and go and go for it. And I love Bark, the product Bark. It's great um, if you can't afford it. There are other things that are free that you can do. And, you know, I've said this ad nauseum, nobody needs a phone until the eighth grade. So no one needs a watch. No one needs their own iPad. No one needs any of that stuff. You don't need a watch you need a phone, but you can get by on a flip phone, I promise. But anyway, so those are just porn channels and yeah. other nonsense and other nonsense. Well, and I can imagine, you know, you've got a kid who's maybe a little less socially mature than the other kids in, let's say, seventh grade, eighth grade. And, oh, let's show them this thing. Won't it be fun to see how they react? So it's not just that the child, your child is finding it. It's who is your child being with that is exposing them? The older brother of your friend, you know, of the friend, because they want to see what the reaction will be. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, the other thing too, is like, there's that. And then there's direct messaging on, on all these different gaming platforms and there's all kinds of stuff happening. And so the other pieces, like, yeah, they want to get that reaction, but can you imagine being in a group of friends when you were 13 and they were looking at something and you had to not look at it and try to pull away from that? It's like you're do or die. You have to look, you yep. have to engage. It's just, it's social. It's like, like either you participate or you're a piranha, right? Is that yep. right? I, I don't know what the word is. Piranha? Piranha. Pariah. Yeah. Thank Pariah. you. Look at us, two brains, two brains anyway. So, and then again, with your child, that's neurodiverse, it's, it's more complicated because oftentimes they're aware that they're not in the same space in that in terms of emotional development, social development, and they want to fit in. So they're going to hang in there with that. And then they might be, Oh, I'm going to go look for more. And then I'm going to share, right. To try to connect, which gross. And so again, having conversations about this and being hyper vigilant. And I don't know if I said this already, but your child does not need a phone until the eighth grade. Part of me sometimes is like, forget it. Nobody believes me. But honestly, if you just just go to Pornhub and believe me. Yeah. And there's so many other things anyway. But, you know, the thing is here with the back to the neurodiversity, they need this information. They're just like every other kid and human. And it's mean to think that they're not going to be interested in having sex or a romance or whatever. It's not fair to them. You're seeing them as not a whole person and they got enough of that going on, right? Like enough of feeling like an outsider, enough of like all of that. And then adding in like, oh, and no one sees me as capable Mm -hmm. of doing this thing and, you know, fully capable to their ability, right? to their ability. I mean, again, everybody is different. Every kid is different and every family is different. And, you know, knowledge is empowering. It's empowering. It keeps them safer. So if they know that sex isn't something that, you know, should happen between a teacher and a student, or if they know that um, everybody needs to agree to do the things, it gets a little complicated, but if they know like what this is, then they're going to be safer. This is of course, you know, you want your kid to be sex educated. And then of course you don't want them to be the sex educator, right? (laughs) 
yeah, there's that part too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of the sort of rabbit holing obsessive, you know, really into, into things. I mean, there are worse things. Mm-hmm. There are worse things. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really interesting for me to learn about this. And then as I'm talking with parents, I'm just getting more and more information and I'm going to an ADHD conference this, um, this week. And I'm very excited about it because I, I need more and I want to be helpful and yeah. I want to be helpful. And, uh, you know, even just a parent, just trying is, you know, just try, just kick the door open mm-hmm. and keep trying. That's better than nothing. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Definitely. And, yeah. And they'll, you know, they'll appreciate it, even though they might not <laughs> in the moment, and, you know, resist, cover their ears, cover their eyes, but yeah. you still have to. And, you know, we've said on this podcast so many times about how to how to talk to boys. And that is yeah. still the same for neurodiverse boys, yeah. side by side, get in the car, yeah. have food, yeah. walk, throw a ball, something. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's all the same. Have to you do eye contact. And, um, and I think, you know, there is a place if parents can loosen up a little bit, there is a place where there can be some humor in this. And boys appreciate humor, love bathroom humor, potty talk from the get-go. And so, I mean, take it seriously, but also lighten up, if that makes sense. Yes. Be serious and lighthearted. It's possible. You're serious within yourself, right? That you're committed to doing this. You're going to, you know, pick a couple things to do. You're going to start your serious business about that. But the way you start the conversation could be like, you could say, okay, I believe I've missed the boat here. Right. And sorry. And we have to talk about this, right? You can be lighthearted and say, here we go. And Mm -hmm. one of the hard things is when you're having high resistance to, to persevere with that. And, you know, how do you navigate a child who really can hardcore resist stuff, or you're not sure they're getting it, right? You're not sure they're getting it. Um, and, you know, it can be really complicated. And, you know, with the resistors, again, this is not my expertise, but whatever you're doing in other ways with the resistant, do that resist, do with the sex stuff. And, you know, I mean, I'm all about writing notes and, you know, if, if texting, um, any number of ways of communicating, like don't eighth have, grade. <laughs> eighth grade, in the eighth grade, uh, texting, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what do you think about, I'm going to guess many neurodiverse kids have a um, therapist or an OT person or PT or special ed at school or what, you know, that there's mm-hmm. other people in their world supporting them. Is this an opportunity to reach out to them? And number one, ask like at school, what, you know, is anything being talked about so that, you know, and can reinforce that, but also the other way of, Hey, I'm starting this conversation. Can you back me up? Or can you, you know, be, be one of the repeats out there? Amy's answer coming up after these messages from our sponsors. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. 
But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. Yeah, and you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot easymelts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S, dot com forward slash onboys. Boys get dirty in the summer. When my guys were little, they spent so much time in the sandbox, in the dirt, that the bath water was visibly filthy by the end of bath time. I imagine that Bo will be spending some time outside this summer. Well, I'm remembering just yesterday what he looked like at the end of the day in Oma's garden because his hair was greasy and just wild and he was definitely ready for the bath. And I love about Dabble and Dollop, especially because I have Bo and he's two, is their bubble bath. I know when I put those bubbles in his bath, he's going to be in there for a long time, which is great. And the bubbles are going to last. Dabble and Dollop bath products are made with high quality, natural ingredients. And as you said, there's everything from bubble bath to bath time shampoos, body washes, conditioner, lotion, bath bombs. We're using some dabble and dollop um, hand soap right now. I love the scent. I love it for myself. I'm using the coconut moisturizer. I love it. It feels great on my skin. So for kids and adults, dabble and dollop. You can go to dabble and dollop's website. That's dabblebath.com slash onboys. And you can get 20% off your first order. That's dabble bath. D-A-B-B-L-E-B-A-T-H dot com slash onboys and get 20% off for being a listener of onboys. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, that's great. Like finding out, like everybody should know what's happening in their school with the sex ed stuff. And my rule is just do it, whatever the hell it is, even if it's terrible, do it anyway, because you need to know what's going on. And then your child will be a beacon of light with the correct information. Um, so, and it can be highly entertaining, the nonsense that comes out of those terrible, um, sex ed programs, or if you're uncomfortable because it's too, if you think it's too much or too liberal, there really isn't, that isn't a thing. I mean, with the internet and whatnot, they're going to get the information no matter what. So let them go to that, get, let them do the school sex ed. And then you talk about your values. Um, and also if you're opposed to sex ed in schools, you're hurting children. You're hurting children. Some people are just not capable 
of having these conversations. Anyway, side note. Um, so find out what they're teaching. Um, find out if there's any accommodation needed so your child can attend and learn um, with the people that they're working with. Um, it's really important to say, hey, we've started the sex talks. This is what we've talked about so far. Um, just want to give you a heads up. And then I would also say, because you just can't know necessarily who's a creepster out there. And you can also say, yeah, you know, I realize that this is such important information and keeps them, keeps them safer from, you know, being taken advantage of. And, you know, I want him to understand his body boundaries and that sex is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because yeah. if there is a, if there is a creepster around and you say that they're going to be less likely to mess with your kid. So you know, there's always, there's always potential, you know, I can't like, can't fix everything, but just being straight up, like we're talking about this because that kid could blurt something to their OT, right? right? right. Do you have boners, right? (laughs) That sperm can come out of, did you, that you could touch your penis until you like, you have the sperm come out of it, right? (laughs) Oh, thanks for sharing. Right. And if people don't know that you're talking with your kid, they're going to think, any number of things, right? Most folks go straight to some kind of sexual abuse, right? That's not necessarily the case, especially if they're saying sperm and ejaculate and masturbate. Those aren't naughty words. Um, So yeah. Oh, oh, that just reminded me. So the lighthearted thing, um, you can say things like wank or jerk off or choke the chicken, assuming they can make the connection that you're using a euphemism for, for, you know, masturbation. Um, you can say touch in your business. Like you can use, you can be funny about it. Um, and it makes the conversations easier and, you know, they might be eye rolly or they might not get it. And of course, you know, your kids, so you might just need to be super concrete, which is fine. It's really important to be concrete with everyone because it just makes it easier to understand. So kind of back to that, keep it simple, keep it concrete, um, pick your moments. And then also just don't pick your moments. Cause you can just say, Oh my God, I just thought of this thing. I need to tell you, set your timer for a minute. I, and you don't have to say anything, blah, 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 blah. And you yeah. always say, what do you think? Don't say, do you have any questions? Say, what do you think? And don't wait for your child to ask the question, ask any question, because they're not going to likely come to you and ask a question about sex. Right. Not going to happen. Don't wait for it. Yep. It's up to you, parents. Yep. As always, sorry. And you know, one thing about kids getting older and watching the kids around them and their friend groups, there's lots of opportunity for conversation about like, hey, did you, what's going on over there with so-and-so and and that, you know, what do you think about them dating or whatever, or what have you noticed or what do you think about these kinds of relationships that are happening? Just, you know, so you can talk about healthy relation relationships, right? Like they can say, Oh my God, they hold hands constantly. And she won't stop texting. It's like, yeah, that's not healthy. Like, can you imagine, imagine here, I'm just going to text you every five minutes and it feels bad. Right. So just using the, using, I mean, always using the world around you for sure, for sure. That's, you know, works the best. Yeah. Speaking of the world around us, tell us what you're up to. Besides this, you're going to the ADHD conference in Baltimore. Cannot wait to hear how that goes and new things that you learned from that. But you have always got something going on online, which I think. Whole thing. So porn. Um, so on, on December 5th, I'm doing a class that is two things. I'm calling it the dynamic duo. It's, um, 
me for about an hour talking about kind of porn, kind of an overview of porn and not specific stuff to like, in terms of like, this is how you talk about it. These are the words, that kind of thing. Um, just because I, there's this information we don't have about it that we really need kind of a broad picture, a broad stroke. So that's one, that's one of the dynamic duos. And then the second part is I have a new thing called the porn talk info kit, and that is online and it has the specifics of what to say. It's got a video with a gal um, that does only online safety. Um, there's handouts and other stuff there that that's the dig into like, how do we do this? Um, it's $49. So you get the me and a lot of Q and A with me and then the, the porn talk kit, which you can just use forever and ever. Amen. And part of the kit is scripts. We'll put the link in the show notes. So yeah. Yeah, please, please join. It will be eye-opening and I love doing Q&A because it's so good for everybody to hear. To right. feel not alone. You're yeah. not the only one who's suffering through this and it is scary. You have the foundation that parents need, educators. I mean, all of this, parents share it with your school administrators, share it with your teachers because they need this information as well. And I know you do a lot of work with schools, so super important. And I was going to ask you for that workshop in particular, any age limit? No. If you got a three-year-old, you need to, you need to know if you have a 20-year-old, probably not. Might have missed that boat completely. Ship has sailed and doesn't matter the gender of your kid. Um, even if you're just curious, like you're a teacher or something like that, um, you need to know because kids are exposed constantly and it affects their behavior, all kinds of crap. Anyway, I have all the details. I have all the details in my little dynamic duo. So yeah, so please join. I think it'll be informative and it's recorded. So you get, you'll get everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so good at that. So it'll be in the show notes. It'll be on my Facebook page and Instagram. It's birds, bees, kids, and maybe go there right now. You can follow me right now. Right. There you go. Cool. Cool. Amy, Amy, Amy choked up a little bit. I just adore you and so appreciate the work that you do in the world. And you know, I, I just remember the first conference we were at like a, what was it? A preschool conference in Portland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I saw your workshop list and I was like, I have to go to this workshop. I was presenting that day and I came to your workshop and it's like, I need to be her friend. I need to know her. And, you know, just one of those just soul kindred spirit meetings. And so that's just been, I don't even know how long ago that was 15 years ago, maybe. I I think it might, I think it might be, that was a really long time ago. Yeah. And I remember, I remember meeting you. I remember meeting you and it was just, yeah, it was great. And that was a fun conference too. Positive discipline. It's no PCPO conference, the parent child preschool of Oregon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. So listeners, you have gold here in this person. A quickie call, 30 minutes. If you are really fretting about something, Amy's going to set you straight pretty quick. Because as you might have noticed, she does not beat around the bush about anything. So, and check out that online workshop, her book. Tell us your book. Sex Talks with Tweens. Yes. What to say how to say it, scripts. And get that porn kit because it's inevitable. 
it's not going to not happen. You think yep. that it's not, but it's not going to not happen. So that, that, that. Yeah. remember, this is all about knowledge is empowering. It's about empowering your kid. It's about preparing your kid for all of this stuff in life. It's not, yeah, it's about their future. It's about yeah. their future. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about their health, their safety, their future, and growing up to be a whole, healthy, happy adult. Like that's our goal, right? That's the goal. Surviving <laughs> it, surviving that, getting there. But that's the goal. Yeah, yeah that's the goal. And thank um, you. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much. I just appreciate you and your friendship and your work. Be sure to check out the show notes for all of Amy's resources and especially that porn kit. Amy's resources are always top notch. You have my a thousand percent recommendation for anything she does. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being our listeners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.